everybody, and welcome to the It's Called Vitiligo podcast. This podcast is affiliated with the It's Called Vitiligo Women's Group, a new chapter of Vit Friends, sponsored by My Vitiligo Team. My name is Tiffany Grant, and I have had vitiligo since I was seven years old. I have struggled with my vitiligo for many years through childhood, adulthood, and now motherhood. I've been able to find comfort in having vitiligo by speaking out and connecting with others. On this show, we're going to talk about everything and anything vitiligo, from growing up with vitiligo to dating to treatment, and oh, that one time I got a tattoo that says it's called vitiligo. We'll also connect globally with other women living with vitiligo. My hope is that after each show, you will walk away feeling a bit more connected and inspired. Don't forget to join Vit Friends, a national vitiligo support group that encourages, educates, and empowers us all there is to know about our autoimmune disease. You can find more information at vitfriends.org, support at vitfriends.org, or you can call 844-374-3639. Today we will be speaking with vitiligo model Andrea Thomas, but before we do so, I would like to mention a new clinical study that's in the works. Clinical studies are how prevention and treatment options for disease and health conditions are developed. These studies provide valuable information about safety and effectiveness before a device is approved. This RSVP, for Repigmentation Study for Vitiligo Patients, is evaluating new, a new procedure using the ReCell system to treat stable vitiligo in patients 18 years in age or older. It's a very exciting trial. If you would like to see if you qualify to participate in this research study, please type in the following link. It's vitiligo, rsvpstudy.mmgct.com. Uh, you qualify for the study if you live in the United States, if you're 18 years and older, if you have stable vitiligo, if you have previously tried both topical and phototherapy treatments, and if you can provide photos of your vitiligo that were taken more than 12 months ago. Uh, if you have any questions, you can again uh, type in the link vitiligorsvpstudy.mmgct.com. Hi, everybody. I am here with Andrea Thomas. I'm incredibly excited to speak with her today about her experience as a model with vitiligo and just as a wonderful person in general. I first met Andrea in 2019 at a vitiligo meetup in New York City. Um, you will probably know her from the Somersaults Beach Body campaign, and she's been in plenty others that we'll discuss further soon. Andrea, I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you for agreeing to do this. Um, yeah, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yes, can you can you tell us where you're calling in from, where you're right now? I know you're planning a move, but you're currently in Maryland, correct? Yes, I'm in um, Silver Spring, Maryland. It's a suburb. I'm about 15 minutes from Washington, D.C. And yeah, this is where I'm based. And how many years have you been living with vitiligo? Oh, about <laughs> 32 years. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so you got vitiligo as a child. Yes. Um, I, I think it started around the age of four or five. Do you remember yeah. how, or like I felt yes. my knees and that's a very specific way that triggered my vitiligo. 
And we have that in common Mm -hmm. because I was learning to ride my bike without training wheels. And then I was getting all scraped up. And that's what I think. I also think, though, that I was sunburned at the beach. Mm. And so it's so I've heard both are triggers. And I always had the narrative that I was falling down and getting scraped up. But I realized I also um, when I was around three had a bad sunburn. So it's hard to say. Could be both. <laughs> did it spread drastically afterwards or th- did it take a little time to start spreading? Um, so the sunburn was on my face and I may have had some like light, you know, like vitiligo when it starts coming in, sometimes it's not um, real clear. It's like light. Um, it may have started on my face that way. And then um, I didn't have a lot. It was like, a couple on my elbow, one or two on um, little spots on my knee. It, it wasn't a lot. It just over, over time, it would um, start being active and then it would go back to just staying the same for like years. Oh, so you had it like that too, where it wouldn't progress at all. I had the same mm-hmm. thing. And then mm-hmm. every once in a while, you would notice like a lot of spots would spread. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes if I'm in the sun, they would repig- repigment a little bit. I don't know if that has ever happened to you with the little spots that you get. <laughs> yes, definitely. And you can't predict when it will happen because I I used to intentionally try to repigment and it wouldn't happen. So it's, yeah. Did you do any official treatment or, or, or no? Yes. So I started probably around the age of six or seven, I started getting the UV light treatments regularly. And um, I know I went through a few different types of steroid, steroid creams from a young age. And that was how they were treating it until I discovered Protopic. Um, I mean, I didn't discover Protopic, but, but when I was introduced to it, I was like in my twenties. So yeah, it took time. And did Protopic work for you? Yeah, Protopic was helpful. I didn't understand what the science was behind it. And later I learned how it kind of slows the vitiligo from spreading. Um, and as far as repigmentation, I, it, I was always told it works best in conjunction with the UV therapy. Can you tell us what it was like growing up with vitiligo? I was always conscious of it. Um, but when I was around my friends and family that I was comfortable around, I just forgot all about it. But I became conscious of it. I would overhear grownups talking about it. And um, I mean, it found its way into my dreams. I would sometimes dream about there being a machine that I walk through, like kind of like a security um, like a security line at the airport, I would walk through the machine and my vitiligo would go away. And I think that it was the way everybody else was reacting to it. Um, but I'm really thankful, you know, for good friends at a young age and people who didn't make me feel different, but it was difficult. I definitely felt confused about who my friends were because I was sometimes teased at school. Um, I remember being at the time um, 101 Dalmatians by Disney being a movie. And I remember uh, someone singing that song at school, like, you know, and then people, people would say cruel things. And it was, um, but I, I was a big tattletale. So (laughs) just like, I, 
I don't know how much of it I internalized, but I always felt that I had friends. I never felt completely alone or anything like that. I think the harder time for me was like the teen years. Mm. Um, preteen and teen years were hard. So did you ever try to cover your spots? I did not discover makeup really until after high school, like so like college age. Um, and I think I was I would always do like eyeliner and then I started doing like a brown eyeshadow because my spots uh, were kind of on my eyelids and um, I mean, I had it on my body and on my hands. But for some reason, it made me feel good to just have some eyeshadow and, you know, do little things that made me feel my appearance was more um, just even. Like everybody else. <laughs> the complexion. Like yeah, everybody like, else, exactly. Yeah, one so, complexion. Yeah, and it, that, that, it, was, it was difficult approaching makeup counters, too. I just remember, like, one lady she I was looking for an eyeshadow and then she just said like are you trying to cover she's like what are you trying to achieve but she was so kind and she tried it on me and she was like do you like how that looks and you know she wasn't trying to sell me concealers and a bunch of extra things and um she understood and then there's been times where people are like um what are you trying to do with your makeup one time I was like well I want to do kind of a smoky eye and I'm looking for an eyeshadow palette and she's like well you can't do a smoky eye or you can't do that with your, your mm. skin color. And I was so mad <laughs> just mm. like, but I've, I've had, um, I've had my moments where I did try to cover and then uh, around like my twenties and even until maybe like four or five years ago, I would wear a full face of foundation um, powder, like a whole routine that many people do with or without vitiligo mm-hmm. but I try to find um like a medium coverage type of foundation um and I was trying to make overall my appearance to be more brown um and looking back I, I can see like such a difference I was like why did I do that <laughs> um but I think it made me feel more comfortable it made me feel like people were staring less so that's why I did it but then it kind of also became a crutch for me where mm-hmm. I just felt like I couldn't leave the house unless I did that same unless look you had your makeup on yeah 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 so um more recently like because of modeling and everything I've kind of done away with that because I realized like it wasn't really a good makeup application that I was doing and for one and um I don't know now I just try and like you know I still care about my complexion and breakouts and things that I try to remedy um but I just I don't know I just focus on that like okay I just I just want to be like moisturized and you know have my mascara on rather than yeah just a few few things Mm -hmm. that will like help me like feel a little more confident and I get compliments like just the other day someone was like your skin is so bomb it is so bomb and I was like wow thank you like yeah it's so I so would you say that your mindset has changed around your vitiligo since from a child to a teenager to your 20s to now it sounds like you've really grown into it yes I think so but with each change I try (laughs) and really embrace certain things that I love about how I look Mm -hmm. and that's always helped me but yeah so even like 
I'm asked this question a lot, but it's hard to answer because of course, like I still have hard days and bad days, but, um, but, but I, I, a very long way. Yes. I've come so, so far. And I think like, I think people don't realize how much power their words have. So mm -hmm. whether they say something that makes you feel bad about yourself, or if they say something that's uplifting, um, I just try to like echo those same sentiments that are helpful. And sometimes our own thoughts can be like the most damaging and we have to really Absolutely. be careful about that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, I like that you try to it's like very positive affirmations, like really just telling yourself the good and, and giving yourself that, that narrative rather than the one that brings you down, um, which is very hard to do. <laughs> because we are our worst critics sometimes. Um, I think we're really hard on ourselves. So. so hard. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the, and then it doesn't help when you do hear that one negative comment from that one person. Mm -hmm. um, I think that makes it very challenging, even if you've heard four or five other really positive comments. So you've done a few different modeling gigs uh, recently. Would you like mm -hmm. to share about some of these campaigns you've been in? I think it's incredible. I, I'm so happy to see a person like you representing people with vitiligo and just you as a, a, a human being, a wonderful human being in that industry. I, I'm, I'm really excited for you. Would you be able to share mm -hmm. a few that you've been working on or have worked on? Yes. Um, so first you mentioned Somersault. Mm -hmm. um, they're mainly known for their swimwear, but they have... Um, you know, open up to pajamas and all kinds of things. Um, but they specifically have been doing this campaign and I was lucky enough to be a part of it two and times. Follow you in the subway on the end. Yeah, <laughs> that was, wow, that was crazy. Like I would never imagine, but um, yes. Yeah, so they did, the first campaign was 2019 and um, I went to the shoot. We took some photos. I did two different swimsuits. I did not even know about the, I like, I read something in the notes when I was booked about, um, I read something about it, but you know, my agent works all that part out as far as um, if you're going to be put on a billboard or you're going to be out in pub, you know, the photo will be where it will be, but I didn't pay that much attention. And it was like, okay, it's like a job. <laughs> and then when I realized it was going to be in a subway station, oh my gosh, I could not believe it. And, <laughs> And I was like, oh, I'm going to go see it. And I can't tell you, Tiffany, how nervous I was on the way <laughs> to go oh. see it. Like, I just, I was taking the train. It was the West 4th Street Station, Washington Square, mm -hmm. I believe. Yeah. And it's a big station. It was my first time I had been there. And I felt so nervous. I was like, am I going to see it? Like, you know, when am I going to see it? And my heart was pounding and I don't know what I was afraid of. I was so afraid to find it, but I had to see it. And then it was no big deal. Like typical New York, people are just walking by. Like, <laughs> just another ad. Here. No, no. And I was like, don't mind me. I'm just going to be over here. And a few people <laughs> recognized me from the photo and they're like, hey, oh, that's you. So like way to go. Yeah. So that was, it was fun. So that happened in 2019. In 2020, they had another fun shoot planned, which got canceled, of course. Um, COVID, yes. Yes. And they, they, they were doing the shoot in spring, um, leading up to summer, like, you know, to get the campaign out. So that's how it's been every year. And then COVID we had like quarantine and restrictions and all those things happening. It was so new. So, um, 
yes, that got canceled. And then in 2021, they asked me to be part of it again. And I was so honored. I was like, you guys thought of you a year later. Yes. Yes, That's amazing. Yes. And, and then that was Tiffany so much um, pressure because things were just starting to open back up and it's a swimsuit campaign. And I've been sitting at home with my quarantine body on top of that. (laughs) Yes. Like so many. And I like, I was like, do I even know how to take photos anymore? (laughs) (laughs) Which makes it so much more realistic. And I love that. Yes. And I was, you know, I was going through a lot. I had lost my aunt, I think a few weeks before that shoot. So um, I don't know if you noticed, but I actually was like feeling very sad and they were like, come on, get up and dance, like jump around. I was like trying to mentally like get myself there. And I did have fun at the shoot. Like they're a blast. They're, They're a wonderful team. Um, that is, that is also hard when you have other things going on in your personal life that mm-hmm. you still have to get up there and act happy. <laughs> well, you know, working helps a lot when I'm going through those things, like, you know, doing the, the photo shoots and the, the modeling stuff is so good for me mentally. Really? Um, and I hope it's good for other people too, when the campaigns come out, but I, I really do enjoy and love doing it. So, um, you know, I was happy that I was you know, able to work and um, be a part of that campaign. And then I didn't know where the same thing, I didn't know where it was going. And then (laughs) I start getting DMs like from other like people in the industry and friends. And they're like, Hey, like you're in Soho in New York, look at this, you know, like we're filming it or we took a photo for you. I was on Sunset Boulevard in, oh in Los Angeles on a billboard. And, I, and this time I did not see them in person. Like I really wasn't traveling unless I had to because mm-hmm. of COVID. Um, but wow, it was amazing. So, so, okay. That was a long story. About no, that's a great story. Yeah. <laughs> and um, then, and, and then, then following somersaults, you were in Adidas, an Adidas campaign, right? Yes. I enjoy that one so much. So, mm-hmm. so I think part of the reason that they chose me was they were exploring kind of this theme of, um, duality and um, so the clothing line was created by Yara Shahidi. She's a young, amazing actress and philanthropist and so many things, like she's wonderful. And um, she was representing two cultures from her mom's side and her dad's side. So she's, um, her, she's, her father's Persian, her mom is black. And she represented that through the clothing and she wanted to hear from people who are also, having a duality not necessarily culture but like you know feminine like feminine and masculine like you know just two things diverging and she wanted to hear some interesting stories and so when they chose me I I was so you know I was so honored but I was like wow there's so many ways we can go with this there's so many things we can talk about and they decided to settle on um being a daughter of two immigrants and American culture and then my South Asian background, which I don't get to share a lot. So I was so happy that I was able to do that. A lot of people don't know, you know, because of my know know what I am and I don't get to share about it. So people, yeah, people don't know. They're like, are you Hispanic? Are you white? Are you black? (laughs) Like, um, so would you like to share a little bit about that? Where are your parents from? My mom grew up in Sri Lanka. She was born and raised there. Um, and her background is from South India. Mm-hmm. Um, both of my parents are Tamil. Um, that's the language that they speak. And yeah, my dad's Indian. Did they meet they, here or did they meet? 
they, it's so it's funny how they how they met because they 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 weren't quite arranged but they were kind of set up mm-hmm. and um, my mom was studying to be a nurse and she had traveled and she was in the states I think um, she was working in Maryland and living in Maryland and my dad was in India but my mom, like she wanted to get married, but she, she, she hadn't found anyone that she wanted to settle down with. Like she had some people that like reached out. And I think being in the United States, that was also tricky because the people, some of the people probably wanted to <laughs> come over here. <laughs> and so she, she met my dad, like she went home, she met him and she was like, yeah, I like him. Uh, and they got to know each other. And my dad took her to see a movie. They saw like the black and white Popeye film from, oh it would have been in the seventies. That's when they got married. So they met each other and they decided they liked each other enough and they got married. So my mom actually came back, you know, without my dad and he came over. It was easier, a little easier for him to um, immigrate here. So they really like kind of started from the bottom. I think my mom was renting a little attic, (laughs) like close to the hospital where she worked. And then, you know, so then they moved together, they got an apartment and they kind of built their lives and they had four children. Um, And yeah, I never get to like share their, like, you know, my family story. So I was so honored to be a part of that campaign. And um, Yara and her mother actually FaceTimed the stylist. They They have a really close relationship Mm -hmm. and then they spoke to me on FaceTime like in the middle of the shoot which was unexpected and they they really like you know were giving me a lot of um compliments on my skin they're like you look so good in these colors like the clothing was like those colors are like made for your skin colors does they pick out for you so they had like this green like kind of um like I don't know good description for the green like I don't know grassy <laughs> green it was like I don't I don't know the terminology <laughs> <laughs> and then like a saffron yellow mm-hmm. and that. the two together and you know there was a lot of meaning behind using those colors like how you know like different cultures but I I really love the like saffron yellow it's such a like happy bright mm-hmm. color that I like wearing anyway so yeah they uh you know so happy to be chosen for that but yeah so I've done that and then I recently did Miami swim week, which is not something I ever saw on the radar for me. <laughs> that is big. Um, yes. Yes. So, and then I did a uh, New York fashion week in September and I have a couple of beauty campaigns coming out. So, so we'll see you soon and in, in some future things. Yeah. I think I can tell you. I well, think you don't have to, don't you, don't, you want to keep it a surprise. Okay. I completely up to you, <laughs> but I'm excited because I'm going to keep an eye out for that. Um, I yeah. love seeing how much you're, you've grown with all these campaigns. I mean, mm-hmm. did you always want to model? Did you think that this was going to be your path or, or is I this think take you by surprise? It did take me by surprise. And as an adult, I've never, I never thought, oh, I was meant to be a model. no. <laughs> But as a child, I think I was a little vain because I used to stare at myself. I, I remember looking in, in my reflection and pretending I was like an, on a commercial or even like riding in, in the car, looking in the reflection in the window. I'm like, I thought I was a model. <laughs> like, I didn't tell anybody, but it was something that I had. Yeah. And it's funny because I, I, 
talked to a lot of people who say that they're in careers that they didn't expect for themselves, but when they feel that they kind of had an inkling about it when they were a child. When so that's kind child. of crazy. Yeah. I love that you're reconnected yeah. with something you that was important to you as a child or something that you felt was special then. And, mm-hmm. and now you're actually doing it. <laughs> you stay yeah. true to yourself, right? <laughs> um, yeah. What are some other ways you advocate for the vitiligo community? I mean, this is huge. You're getting, you, you represent the vitiligo community every day in these campaigns on social media. I know that you, I mean, even just by helping in the community, and I know that you've said that you've helped in your church, um, but that those are all different ways that you represent vitiligo and spread awareness. You know, I'm always looking for more ways to be more active. I think I need to be doing more, but I, I don't put out too much content, but I try to be thoughtful about the content I do put out. Mm-hmm. Um, on the one hand, with social media, um, I want people to know that you deserve to live a happy, full, wonderful, <laughs> fun life and that your skin should not hold you back from that. Like, that's just what I hope to radiate in anything that I put out. That's, you know, I feel that people struggle with feeling, you know, different. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also hope to educate people a little bit about what it's like for me to have vitiligo, like things that I go through, um, you know, mentally and, you know, just, I'm, I'm working, I want to work on some more content also, just like common things that I hear. And I think other people with vitiligo hear all the time. Um, one thing that people always tell me is that I'm so brave and it's like kind of a backhanded compliment because mm-hmm. yes, because I know the intention is good. And I know mm-hmm. they mean well when they say it because they're putting themselves in my shoes and saying like, I couldn't ever do what you're doing, but um, what choice do we have as people with vitiligo or you know, some other ourselves? Yeah. Yeah. With our appearance being stigmatized, like, mm-hmm. you know, what am I brave for, for showing my face, showing my skin, like for doing normal activities that I have a right to do just as much as any other person. Um, And, you know, as far as like the modeling, I can understand, like, you know, I kind of have a shy personality until I warm up to somebody. So yeah, the modeling is probably a little bit of a surprise for people who know me. (laughs) Um, But it's also like something that's so empowering and, um, I don't know. I don't know how, I still don't know how I was able to do it, but I'm going to keep doing it as long as I can. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then I, like, I recently, I like started a TikTok and I'm, I got a lot of feedback on one video. Yes. So you asked me about repigmentation. So I made a TikTok one day I had come back from vacation and I was repigmenting and I was like, I need to document it because it's so cool when it starts coming in and looks mm-hmm. like little freckles. And you, you did a post too showing your your repigmentation, and mm-hmm. you said it happens to you every summer. That's every amazing. Summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, what's your TikTok handle? Because I would really like to see this video. And I recently made a TikTok that I don't do much with. <laughs> <laughs> so my my TikTok was like I was getting two likes. Like nobody was like you know, seeing anything, <laughs> but I made this TikTok about my repigmentation and it, I, I mean, I don't think it's quite viral, but it was like in the like 20,000s for like the views, I think. 
And so I just did a little video showing my repigmentation and people asked me a whole bunch of questions like, wait, are you healing yourself? What's going on? Like, I didn't know that could happen is, you know, I thought vitiligo was only losing pigment. I'm like, no, no, no. You're educating, you're educating 20,000 more people. I think that that is, that is a fantastic way to advocate for the community. And so, so the handle is same as my Instagram. It's Androx, A-N-D-R-O-C-K-S. It's kind of an old nickname from childhood. Yeah. Um, we'll yeah and Androx Zero on TikTok. Androx Zero. Okay. Like so the number I'll zero. Find you <laughs> and all of the listeners will have to find you as well. Because <laughs> um, I would like to see that video. We don't often see repigmentation videos too. Um, unless, I mean, there are a lot of false information. There's lots of false videos out there about people oh, yeah. repigmenting because there's a magic cure. And that is not the mm. case. Um, but I'd be really interested in seeing this video that you've created because every time I'm out in the sun during the summer, my spots are triggered and they start freckling as well. And then by the time winter comes around, the freckles disappear and we just go through this cycle every year. Yeah. Every year. Wow. And, and I don't really see that many people who document the changes. I mean, vitiligo is always changing and it's something that we have to live with daily. Um, Mm -hmm. is there something else that you'd like people to know about you? Um, whether or not that's vitiligo related or is there anything else that you'd like the world to know about Andrea Thomas? Um, what should they know about me? Um, there's a lot more to me besides being a model. There's Mm -hmm. a lot more to me besides being a person living with vitiligo. Mm -hmm. Um, I want people to know that vitiligo is a human experience that you know, you may not relate to or may not understand, but um, just be respectful if you want to approach somebody and ask them questions. Um, And um, what else should they know about me? Um, I am technically a mid-size model. This is like kind of a new term to me. So I'm not plus size, but I'm mid-size. And (laughs) that's another thing that I get um, like, a lot of comments for when I do a big campaign, sometimes I've I've seen some mean comments. So I just want people to be a little nicer, a little nicer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I agree. agree. And I, and I appreciate you sharing the terminology, um, for (laughs) things that people generally wouldn't know. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm just learning of myself, but, um, you know, I feel, I think that's a good thing to leave you with, you know, that with COVID we're all going through a lot. And, you know, mentally, emotionally, um, I think we all need to be in therapy (laughs) as much as we can (laughs) Um, find one that works for you. But yeah, let's let's like be nicer to ourselves and be nicer to other people to ourselves and kinder Mm -hmm. to other people. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. What a perfect message to end on. (laughs) Andrea, thank you so much for this. I am excited to have people hear a bit more about your your story and and get to know you as a person um, with vitiligo and without vitiligo. Um, And so I really appreciate you coming on to speak with us. Thank you.